Hello. How are we doing? Yeah, this is the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT20 betting show. It's brought to you by Betfair, and it's myself, Ali Maxwell, and him sitting, I would say, 75 centimetres away from me in the NTT20 office slash studio. We need to decide on what word we're going to use there. Stoffice. Stoffice. Oh, God. That's the sort of mood he's in. This is the sort of mood that I'm in. We're going to be making betting picks ahead of the EFL weekend. This show is very strictly for over-18s only. Uh, George and I making betting picks. We're talking about gambling, which comes with significant risks. So if you're listening to this, and if you're thinking about having a bet this weekend or any time, please make sure that you're gambler-aware. You can do so by heading to begamblerware.org for lots of information. But things like never chasing your losses, never betting more than you can afford to lose, being disciplined, having a staking plan, uh, and other things like that. Hello, mate. Hello. Your wholesome listener question last week about how many other people in the world like both tea and coffee, which I <laughs> considered, and probably even after the response is still considered to be unusual. I'd say you're in the minority, but what a place to be. Thank you. But what's weird about this is that you just asked me to make you a cup of tea for the first time ever, and you are drinking it as we record, which I think makes you a fraud, if I'm honest, because... Well, the other day you said... <laughs> If you live your life as open-mindedly as possible, Ali, and you say yes to as many things as possible, you'll live a fulfilling life. And I took that to heart. I asked you to make me a tea so that I could try and connect with you on a level. Thoughts? On a liquid level. I've just had a sip. Another one. I don't know what the point is. I do not know what the point of that well, drink is. I mean, in fairness, I, I made our teas at the same time. And I finished mine about 10 minutes ago and you just started drinking yours, which I think suggests i mean fair enough you're not a very experienced tea drinker but you've let it get cold which isn't great have you ever read the book yes man no man i think it'd be quite good for your positive mental attitude should i just watch the film with jim no, carrey i wouldn't do that bad bad film um it's yeah it's a it's a good book by danny wallace that um i think would make you laugh and maybe give you that kind of dual attitude that you're you're trying to pursue in 2023 is he one of the the wallace brothers that all played for southampton no rod wallace no I think he has a radio show on, on XFM. Danny Wallace, right? Mm. One of Rod's brothers was actually called Danny wow. and played for Southampton. So there you go. Uh, so 2023 and particularly January 2023 is a big month of YouTubing for us. Uh, and I think there'll be people listening who'd probably be quite interested in what we're putting out on there. Yeah, if you can't forgive the tea chat, then do please forgive us for our self-publication, self-publication, self-publicizing uh, over... We do self-publish, I'd say. Yeah, we if do. If you like. Um, over the next weeks, because obviously we are putting a lot of time, effort um, into uh, this YouTube content that we're doing. And we think it's quite good. So if you like the pods, if you like the Monday show, if you like the betting show, then do just go to YouTube and watch our offerings. We put out a, a video on Wednesday afternoon um, and it went down pretty well. The, the, the biggest transfers of the window so far. We've just put one live just now. Uh, which is us placing five players from the 21 under 21 list. We're going to put out another one tomorrow. I'm afraid I cannot tell you what that is because I'm contractually not allowed to. It's under embargo. Uh, But yeah, go and subscribe. Even if you're not someone who likes to consume their content on YouTube, maybe we'll be able to force you over there. As for last week on The Betting Show, you had a weird one and I had a bad one. Your FA Cup pick was Forest Green against Birmingham. You picked Birmingham. It was the only game in the nation that was called off last weekend, <laughs> as far as I could tell. Bolton-Plymouth, draw no bet. It was a draw, therefore no bet. Uh, a push there. You lost your Doncaster pick away at Orient. Um, but 
Very impressive winner, Borough and Brighton. BTTS, yes, and over 2.5 goals copped within about 25 minutes of the game. An 11 to 10 winner. So 0.1 point profit for the week. You'll take that every week, won't you? Yes. You would take that every week. You did that week. every week for the rest of your life. You'd do pretty well. Incremental gains. I had a bad week. Stockport minus one against Walsall was a loser and comfortably so. Uh, Bolton, Plymouth draw no bet push. Uh, Wimbledon did not beat Croon and my uh, over 3.5 goals. Bonanza in the FA Cup also fell at the first. Jill's Leicester not doing the business for us. We've got a full slate of EFL action this weekend, which I'm pretty excited about. And I want you to tell me what your best bet is. My best bet is is Hull to beat Huddersfield in the Huddarby. Um is yeah they are currently 19 to 20 uh been a bit a bit of money for them since i did my research this morning where they were uh, even money and before that we're, we're on against um as i've said a couple of times on the monday show i think this game is kind of the perfect you're picking up your mug and you're wondering if you should have a bit more cold tea don't do it it's it's not very nice cold that's why people don't really drink it cold i just hate waste have you ever heard of an iced tea i hate two things waste <laughs> and things without a taste and I've got both here. Yeah, Hull are the team at the moment in the championship that I'm, I'm most on board with in terms of improvements under Liam Rossini. Uh, as I spoke about on last week's show, I'm backing them to finish in the top half. I'm backing them to finish in the playoff places. The squad is good. We know the budget is, is pretty big. We know that they're going to be able to bring in players in January. Um, and I think just the overall vibes at the moment, there are, are much better than they were under Shotteravaladze. And I'm not entirely sure the market is caught up. So they're a team I'm looking to side with anyway. And it just so happens they're playing at home against a side who I am looking to take on wherever possible in Huddersfield, where there is a perception, I think, that Huddersfield have improved uh, in recent weeks because of the back-to-back wins. But, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself over and over again here. But in my mind, the Preston win was not fortuitous at all, but it wasn't a game that they necessarily had a, a much better performance level in. Um, they were able just to, to score twice in the break with two moments of, of quality, but they weren't much better they still created uh, pretty little and, and Preston were able to you know Preston created the better game to chance in the game and then a 2-0 win over Rotherham and in my mind Rotherham at the moment a, a, a fairly easy team to beat and even though Huddersfield aren't a great championship side they are certainly better than Rotherham right now so no surprise they were able to do that they were then beaten by Luton and Preston in, in the games afterwards Fotheringham's interview after the Preston game was not a happy man um, so I think the idea that Huddersfield are any better than they were a few weeks ago is, is maybe unfounded um, I still think they are probably the, the 23rd best team in the championship up against the whole side, who I think are, are far, far better than that and are currently operating at the top half level. So, you know, we don't use the word banker in this podcast. Um, and I We think definitely it, don't use the word banker about Hull City, 22-23. Well, why? Because... Mate, you're falling... This is exactly what I'm saying. You're falling into the trap. They are different now. <laughs> this isn't the same team as earlier in the campaign. They are just a well-drilled, a well-coached side full of quality rock solid in terms of their performance levels um yeah I, I find it's normally quite tricky at this time of the season to find you know like an even money shot at home that you are, are fairly bullish is, is is too big a price um because normally things have kind of worked their way around to, so that the you know the high chance uh home sides are normally heavily odds on to reflect that whereas i think hull should be heavily odds on here and they aren't so 19 to 20 is still a, a strong bet for me my nap this week is Norwich City at six to four. George, I'm getting on the Wagner wagon nice and early. This isn't a case of like wow. when you've got a train to catch and so you get to the platform really early and you get a spot. 
you get the best possible seat because all the carriages are empty. Like I've actually managed to find where they keep the trains overnight <laughs> before they even get to the station platform. You know, like sometimes you'll be on the train just outside a station. You'll see all yeah. the sleeping trains. I've broken into to that. Famously tired trains. And I've got on um, because I'd like to be an early adopter and I'd like to be seen as such. And I think they're going to win at Preston this weekend at six to four. Preston are not a very good home team. Only 13 points from 13 games at home this season. That's the fourth worst points return in the league at home. They've lost their last three at Deepdale. Huddersfield came to town and beat them. QPR came to town and beat them. Millwall came to town and beat them. There's, to my eyes, three very different teams in different sort of shapes with different playing styles. And they've all gone to Preston and won recently. Uh, They've only scored eight in 13 home games in the league at Deepdale. So something about their style and all their personnel is not working when they play at home. Very few teams in the championship, very few teams in any league have a negative expected goal ratio at home. Teams that give up more chances at home than they create. But Preston are one of them. So that was something I noticed this week and it made me want to get against Preston. They're also suffering with the news that Emil Rees has an ACL injury. He'll be out for the season. They are attempting to replace him with two loanees. One of them, Liam Delap, uh, who was at Stoke in the first half of the season, who I think was warming up a tiny bit, but from quite a cold start, I think it's fair to say. It's certainly not someone that we've, we've considered one of the better or most dangerous strikers in the league uh, so far this season but he'll come in here and Cannon on loan from Everton is is a first loan guy uh, highly rated scores a lot of goals in the youth teams remains to be seen exactly what he'll be like straight up in the championship um, there are some question marks over other key men Chad Evans's fitness Ben Whiteman's fitness all a little bit up in the air two of their better players this season for Norwich and David Wagner for me this is a, a new start in the league not just for me for everyone it is a new start <laughs> it is it is very, very specifically and literally a new start. Um, And I see Wagner as the sort of character that might and possibly has brought some strong initial energy, a good first impression on the squad. I know he's had a bad time at Schalke. I know he didn't have a great time with young boys, but I remember the good times at Huddersfield. And I know this is a personality and a a human being, a character who has good positive energy, who's very uh, educated in the way that he speaks about the game and can be quite persuasive, I think, and quite uplifting. So particularly when you're walking into such a low dressing room, such a low club atmosphere after the, the Dean Smith era Somewhat dragged on, I think it's fair to say. I think that initial energy can have a a pretty big early impact, like a a nice little shock to the system, but in a positive sense. I think this is going to be one of those great away wins where a fan base that have been kind of angry and chuntering away for six months, suddenly they see a team that looks and feels a little bit different and they really buy into it. They latch on to a new manager. That's what I'm hoping for. David Wagner in front of the away end at deep tail, giving it big guns. Lovely. They lost at home to Blackburn in the cup mm. in his first game batter them 1-0 defeat it was a stupid mistake from Grant Hanley that led to the concession of the goal and then some wasteful finishing 27 shots 10 on target over 2 goals uh, expected goals created 0 scored I'm not looking at that result and performance and worrying that it'll mean Wagner's not going to have any impact I think the opposite because of the way it ended with Smith and how protracted it seemed I think everyone goes a bit too far sometimes in discussing things like how bad individual players are, how bad the squad is, how bad the team is. I truly don't think it's going to take Norwich that much 
to get back on track despite the bird, bad first half of the season. So that's going to start here, I think, at 6-4. to four. Uh, Norwich to beat Preston my nap. Next up. You saw Bolton Wanderers live last week. Mm. I'm picking them at even money to beat Pompey as my next best. I almost did. I almost did. I feel, and I know that you weren't, you know, the general narrative that came out of that game, um, I think was that Bolton were the better side and were unlucky not to win. I know I know you don't necessarily subscribe to that totally. You know, I think you thought that maybe Argyle were better than the raw numbers suggested. Um, but I can't help but feel like maybe we both got away with one, with our um, Argyle draw no bet being a push last week. And maybe the, the short price of Bolton was justified. So going into this with Bolton, a similar price against a team that I consider to be comfortably worse than Argyle and Pompey at the moment. Pompey, who haven't yet appointed a manager. Liam Manning is, is seemingly the front runner at the moment, although still taught that Liam Richardson might be involved. Um, so no new manager in as yet. They were pretty good in their FA Cup tie against Spurs. You know, they held Spurs for, for a long time. Harry Kane had to score a magnificent goal in order to knock them out. So, you know, they certainly didn't down tools in that one. But, I'm going to have to see a, a big improvement from from Pompey after the Cowleys have left in order to to upgrade you know upgrade them again in my mind to being playoff contenders. And Bolton in that performance against Argyle showed that they are definitely in a good spot. They are performing well at, at the moment. And you know whilst they weren't able to to find the back of the net in that game in order to um, to get the win, it hasn't really been a a massive issue for them so far this season in terms of, you know, they're, they're not a particularly shot-shy team. They're, they're not a team who, who struggled to score. So, um, yeah, I, I fancy them. I mean, it, it probably helps that they beat Pompey midweek in the in the Papa John's, or even though um, you wouldn't think that the teams would be wholly the same um, for this one. Definitely a tick in the boxes. Pompey without a manager, yeah. so somewhat rudderless, shall we say, having to travel to Bolton to Twice. play on a Tuesday and then travel to Bolton yeah. again to play on a Saturday. For sure. All while performing a managerial search without a sort of clear idea of what's going on amongst the, the squad. I think that's a big tick in the box here. There we go. Thanks. So that's my next best is uh, Bolton, even money at home to, to Portsmouth. Staying in League One, I'm picking Bristol Rovers to beat Accrington at 2.3. Um, I really struggle to see past Bristol Rovers here. And it's a lot to do with Accrington Stanley, who... As listeners of the show last week will know, I, I put up as, as part of my outright Trixie for relegation. They have lost eight of their last 12 in the league. Their last five at home, two draws and three defeats. The amount of goals that they are shipping is very, very concerning. So it's not great news that the best or maybe joint best attacking team in the league are coming to town. The other thing about Accrington is... They're not particularly strong at home at all. Um, they are, you know, you kind of want as a team battling relegation to be to be like picking up a big chunk of your points at home. That's that's how it would most likely be. That's not really the case for Accrington at the moment. Um, they struggle to defend both home and away. And Bristol Rovers have scored 20 goals in the last 12 league games. That's the, the joint most in League One with Wednesday and Ipswich. I just think the firepower that they have and in particular Aaron Collins and Josh Coburn will be too much for an Accrington back line that, that's really struggled to get a grip on things this season. Um, Bristol Rovers have played only four of the current bottom 10 in League One away from home. They've beaten them all. Cheltenham, they beat 4-1. Cambridge, they beat 2-1. Burton, they beat 4-0. Milton Keynes, they beat 1-0. So a uh, strong record in these sorts of fixtures this season helps as well. Um, and Accrington beat 
Rovers at the Mem earlier this season. Now, that could be seen as a negative here, but my perception of Joey Barton and his motivational techniques are that he will be very, very, very motivated to get revenge. Um, and in particular against your John Coleman's, your Jimmy Bell's, uh, have a sort of uh, local geographical rivalry as well in terms of um, growing up and being from the Liverpool area. So uh, quite an interesting fixture this. I think Bristol Rovers will win. I think they'll win at 2.3. That's my next best. Don't forget that if you bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Um, or you, if you bet 10, you will get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. In fact, um, if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. And terms and conditions in the description of this podcast. Make sure you check them out. Uh, bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. Who are you getting against this week using the Betfair Exchange? Watford, am I lay? It was 1.84. I'm laying Watford at. Um, Watford have some serious injury issues. Uh, at the moment, um, Joao Pedro out, uh, Imran Loser out. Um, who's the other centre midfielder that, that, that's out? All of them as well. Yeah, Kuna, Kayembe, yes, Loser, yes, Gosling. Um, so they are down to the bare bones in terms of, in terms of quality. Uh, if anyone wants to hear about their <laughs> new signing, uh, Kone, you should have a look at our, our YouTube channel where Ali did a very good uh, breakdown of, of him and the qualities he could have. Uh, but they're, they're short up front as well. It looks like it'll be Bayo. Um, you know, Saar is, is the one obvious bit of quality they've got on their side. But they're not playing very well. Um, even in the 1-0 win at Norwich, uh, we saw a team who, you know, the fact that going to Carrow Road and get winning that game 1-0 was such a massive upset and, and such a, a big result for them shows where they are right now. And then they went to the Medeski and got beaten last weekend in the FA Cup um, by Reading, which again isn't, isn't a, a particularly, um, you know, it, it's not the best bit of form coming into this. Um, whereas Blackpool obviously don't aren't in great form either, but they had that incredible win over Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup, uh, which should buoy them coming into this one. I've spoken a lot about how important January is going to be for um, Michael Appleton in terms of trying to uh, bring in players that will improve them. And I think they've done that times three. Uh, the return of Josh Bowler is clearly a massive positive. If you want to hear more about that, go and check out our YouTube channel. Uh, Morgan Rogers is also a, a, a really exciting um, move in my eyes. He was brilliant at Lincoln. He barely got a lick in. It was a weird one where he, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Bournemouth didn't realise that Jaden Anthony was going to be as good as he was going to be last season when they brought Rogers in. And Rogers kind of struggled to get into the side for that reason. And then Tom Tribal coming in in, in centre midfield as well, who of course had that brilliant season at Norwich, uh, although a more forgettable stint at Ewood Park uh, a couple of years later. That's three players where it's it's their best player from last season, early this season returning. It's a player in Rodgers who I think gives them something completely different on the, on the, on the, uh, on the other flank um, and brings loads of quality with him with a massive point to prove. And somebody who's won the league in tribal um, in, in, in the past, playing a, a big role in centre midfield and giving them a bit of bite as well. I think Blackpool are going to be far better uh, for the second half of the campaign. Um, and I think that should start here. And, and having beaten Forest, there's obviously no reason for them to come into this overawed by the occasion. Um, so I think they're a big price to win the game. I think Watford are, are far too short to do so. And they're my lay. I'm laying maybe the best team in the whole EFL so far this season. Burnley FC, the Clarets mm. of Lanks. Ooh. They're at home Again. to Coventry City and I'm laying them at 1.75. And... Part of this is, why not? Sometimes I ask myself, why not? Because when you're going through the slate and you're, you're noting down your long list for picks, sometimes you get put off for stuff and it's not necessarily because you don't think it's value. There, sometimes there's external factors. You don't want to, a big one is you don't want to look stupid. I'd say that's quite a big one. Those are the sorts of things that you need to fight against. You need to trust and believe in yourself. Have a stance. 
it's not the year of the stance anymore, sadly, but some of the learnings that we took from last year will remain. Um, and if you think you've seen something and if you think something genuinely, then stick to it. So I don't think Burnley are going to continue to win every single game scoring three goals if they keep playing like they are at the moment. Um, no denying that their attacking play, their finishing has been absolutely next level. And we have the numbers to back it up. Went on FB ref, went back to the 15th of October, which is when the goals properly started to flow. The last 16 games in all comps for Burnley, they've scored 39 goals. That's 2.4 per game. It's absolutely insane. They've scored 39 goals from 203 shots. That is 19% of their shots total going in. That is pretty insane. Normal conversion, if you look at the current championship table, sort of mean, I guess you'd say, is around 10 to 11%. So not not much less than two, than basically double the average in the league. Uh, shots going in, 39 shots, uh, 39 goals rather from 67 shots on target. That means 58% of Burnley's shots on target are going in. Again, if you look at the mean in the championship this season, around 33%. So again, just a little under, twice as good as you'd expect. And yes, they've got some wonderful players. And yes, they're playing with great confidence and they're very, very impressive. But there will be a game where a butterfly flaps its wings in Indonesia and Manuel Benson's cross won't curl all the way into the far post and other such goals. And if that does happen, another reason why I'd be confident of it actually potentially hurting Burnley a little bit is that they've only kept six clean sheets in that time. Six clean sheets in 16 games. So in about two thirds of their games, they are conceding goals at the moment. So if they do have a game where the butterfly has flapped, it wing, flapped its wings and luck's going against them, I'm not sure they're showing enough steel at the back to, you know, for that not to be quite troubling. They're up against Big Gyok up top, who is about as good as it gets at this level. And you know who's out? Harwood Bellis. And he might be out for a while. So that means Charlie Taylor will be playing left centre-back. And I love the idea of Big Gyok up against Charlie Taylor. So this is it, I think. Variants made flesh. And Coventry City leaving Turf Moor with one or three points. Uh, I also happen to think that Coventry's new uh, young wing-backs could be quite exciting. Josh Wilson. Wilson Esbrand on loan from Manchester City and Brooke Norton Cuffey on loan from Arsenal. A long detailed analysis of that uh, on yesterday's video on the YouTube channel, which uh, was a video we're pretty proud of. But broadly, I think they could really raise Coventry's attacking ceiling. I don't know if we'll see one or both or neither of them in this game, but if one or both of them play, I think there could be a bit of fun that. So there you go. I've laid Burnley at 1.75 goals. I'm backing over two and a half goals uh, in the Harrogate game at home to Stevenage. Um, Harrogate and goals, as they did about 18 months ago, are now going hand in hand again. Um, looking through their last, their, their recent games, in their last five games, well, if we take their last, let's go back to nine. 3-3, 2-0, 3-0, 3-1, 4-1, 3-2, 1-0, 3-3, 3-1. So the vast majority of their games are covering um, the over two and a half goal line. I think because their games early in the season were pretty low scoring, uh, the, the market hasn't necessarily caught up yet. Simon Weaver clearly was trying to shore them up defensively. It wasn't working. They were looking like they were going to get sucked into the relegation race. He's gone back to the tried and tested, the just chaotic freneticism of, of Harrogate's play, where it's a case of, of onus on, on attacking um, their attacking threat and therefore giving up quite a lot defensively. 
and that is meaning that we're seeing their games being very high scoring again. Uh, and I think Stevenage are a side who we know can create chances very, very easily against the league's worst defensive defences. Come here off the back of that 2-1 win over, over Villa, so we'll be absolutely bouncing. I anticipate they will easily be able to carve Harrogate open, both in open play and, and quite clearly from set of pieces as well. And if they do do that, we know Harrogate's tactics, the way they will look to res- respond is, is through attack. So you've got a team in Stevenage who are very, very adept at scoring multiple goals, a team in Harrogate whose games are incredibly high scoring at the moment. And uh, the combination of the two means that the price, you know, unders is the favourite here. Uh, which is a, a a pretty big surprise in my view. Um, I'm very happy to back over two and a half goals at eleven to ten odds against. Continuing to treat my goal section like a laboratory, really. Uh, it's a it's a mixture of not seemingly being very good at goals bets uh, and and my you know curious nature. Uh, and I, I kind of I enjoy the experiments as well. I enjoy doing little bits of research on this front. So I'm going to try something here, which is a little bit random, uh, and it is. A market I don't think I've ever backed or bet on before, uh, and it's the half with the most goals market. And Ooh, in, it's fun. in particular, I'm looking at second half most goals. Love it. Right? Yeah. So you have to dig a little bit to find this market. Uh, go go on the match market on the Betfair Sportsbook. If you click all, and probably quickest thing to do is, is control F and type in second. Incredible. And you won't find it far away. In the EFL... I'm probably across world football, but I haven't checked every league. More goals are scored in the second half. Definitely world football. Uh, <laughs> not by loads, don't get me wrong. Um, but weirdly, it's exactly the same percentage across the three leagues at the moment. 53% of goals are scored in the second half. 47% of goals in the first half. Not going to waste too much try- time trying to uh, think about, consider or explain why that is. It's just a fact of footballing life. Now, the most goals being scored in the second half market... Uh, or rather second half in the half with most goals market is generally priced at even money or 11 to 10. Of course, there are three options here. It can be first half with the most goals, second half with the most goals, or it can be a tie. So that's worth knowing here. I dug a little bit deeper. I went on soccer stats. I looked at all the teams in the EFL and you can find the splits of how many goals they score and concede in the first half versus the second half. And most teams are broadly similar, maybe a couple more second half goals than first half goals. But of course, there are a few outliers. So I I flagged a few with a big proportion of second half goals. And then the next filter was going through all their results this season and counting up basically what the score was for first half most goals, a draw or second half most goals. And I've landed with Shrewsbury against Burton. And that's because if there's one thing that happens pretty frequently in Burton games, it's that the majority of goals are scored in the second half. In fact, this season, they've played 25 league games and 16 of them have had second half most goals landing. So at a price of 2.1, I thought that was a fair way to end my research uh, (laughs) with a selection. Shrewsbury, Burton... Most goals scored in the second half, 11 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Betfair's Bet Builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet. And with Betfair's popular Bet Builder, you can add the trending Football League Bet Builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. You'd take a tap in, wouldn't you, for the next one? Yeah, I would, yeah. So with my selection. We all would? Yeah. Who is it? He is a player that featured on EFL 21 under 21. Here we go. And- this is the second year in a row where as soon as we pick these players, they seem to do quite well straight afterwards. So I'm hoping that Miles Leburn, um, Miles Lieburn to his mates. I was thinking, is this going to be Coburn or Lieben? Lieben. 
Leben. Leben. Or, or Le Bon, as I call him. <laughs> Mille Le Bon. Uh, he is Charlton striker. He uh, had five shots in their last game in the league without scoring. I think Charlton under Dean Holden are proving themselves to be a pretty good attacking force. He is a goalsman. Um, and this is just a case I, where I, I just think because he's young, because he hasn't played that many minutes, he's not being priced up accordingly. He's 11 to 4 to score any time. Um, I think that's wrong. When you when you, when you you see the majority of like the, the, the major goal scorers in League One, are generally around about the kind of the two to one mark in games where they're priced up. You know, they're they're home to Barnsley. Barnsley are obviously a good side, but when you look at the, the company that he's in, I mean you think that Max Waters on debut for, for Barnsley is, is two to one to score first. I think Lieben is in my mind quite clearly more likely to score first given Waters will not be playing ninety minutes as well. Um he's a player who's got every single facet you want from a goal scorer in terms of his height, his ability no, to finish. He doesn't have a low centre of gravity because he's six foot five. Yeah, just because you've got that. Um, he's good in the air. He's good with both feet. His uh, he finishes regularly with a plum, uh, if that is a thing. And yeah, it's 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 similar to the Nombe thing the other day, where in my mind he's the most likely goal scorer on the pitch, and he isn't priced up accordingly. So therefore, at eleven to four, that's a must bet in my mind. I'm going to be at the Valley tomorrow for Charlton against Barnsley FC. Le Valley. I'm going to be on Charlton TV. I'm looking forward to seeing Miles Lieber. He scored last time I was there against Exeter. I'm annoyed you're not doing the, the, the nickname. I've already forgotten it. Mille Lebon. You do so many nicknames that I forget them almost instantly. Uh, for my goal scorer, it's the last dance. It's the last pop of the collar. And it's Will Collar anytime because he's out at 5-1. to one And I just feel like, I honestly feel like they're teasing me. So it makes me think of, okay, every morning I take Nettle for a walk in the park and there's a certain section of the park with five or six big trees and the squirrels will be at the base of the tree and they'll be looking at Nettle and they'll be goading her and then when she like sprints at them just in time, they run up the tree and she can't run up the tree because she doesn't have sticky paws like them or whatever they have long claws (laughs) not actually sure of the the physiological reason for it but the point is she can't get up the tree they're teasing her i feel like the uh, betfair sportsbook traders are kind of doing the same with will collar because he's actually longer to score any time at home to northampton in a game that stockport are 1.8 to win than he was when i first picked him what feels like many moons ago Um, but if anyone needed a reminder He just plays for a pretty good team. He plays in a very attacking number eight role. He had a a really strong run of of taking a lot of shots uh, in games. Uh, The last two games have been less good on that front, but I was at the game last weekend against Walsall. And a big reason for him being a tiny bit more reserved, perhaps, than normal is that Crowesdale, the the defensive midfielder, was out. Um, He was just rested and Sarsovic came in, who's just not quite, doesn't offer the same insurance. With Crowesdale back in, uh, and again, strong, heavy favourites to win this game at home. I believe Collar will be doing what he's done pretty consistently for the last few months, taking up a lot of good attacking positions, particularly when the balls are in wide areas. Collar gets inside the box and he's a threat aerially. He's very strong, uh, strong upper body, and he's scored a couple of headed goals as well. So Collar at 5-1. to one. This will be the last time, I promise, unless they put him out to like 10s. This will be the last time. And if Collar scores, I will leave this adventure a better person and significantly richer. And if he doesn't score, I'll have still had a fantastic time. So that's nice. I've just delivered that last few lines as if I am on the game show, The Traitors. That's basically how they talk about their time at the castle. Um, There you go. Will Collar, five to one to score any time for Stockport against Northampton. One last dance. George, can you just recap your selections for me 
and for the listeners. Yes, sir. Uh, Hull, my nap uh, at home to Huddersfield, Hull Derby. Um, Bolton at home to Pompey, my next best. Uh, Watford, my lay um, to Blackpool. Over two and a half goals in the Harrogate. Stevenage game is my goals pick. And then Mille-Lebon, uh Miles Lieburn, 11 to 4 anytime uh, for Charlton against Barnsley. Nap, Wagner Wagon, Norwich, 6 to 4 at Preston. Next best, Bristol Rovers. 2.3 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I've laid Burnley at 1.75. And my goal section is the second half of Shrewsbury Burton to have the most goals in the game at 11 to 10. My goal scorer is Will Collar at 5 to 1. So thank you very much to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, head to the Betfair Sportsbook, the Betfair Exchange for the bets that we've t- talked about on the show today. Uh, and make sure you join us on Monday for a big recap of a throbbing docket and head to our YouTube tan- channel in the meantime if you want more stuff and particularly if you like some genuinely, I think, I hope, quite thoughtful and measured analysis of a few interesting transfer moves. Go out, 